but really just embrace the suck. Whatever you're doing, it's going to suck, no matter what you're doing. I'm going to go out and run four miles tomorrow. At some point, I'm going to go, this sucks. But find a way to enjoy that. Somehow, embrace it, enjoy it, and overcome it. You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. Much love. What's up, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Nixon, and my goal of this podcast is to bring on leaders in the world of athletics, coaching, entrepreneurship, and just life in general to try and motivate us all to be better. We shouldn't strive to be millionaires in terms of money, but by the millions of lives that we can impact. If you want to be a guest or have a guest idea that you would like to hear from, then shoot me an email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review if you like this episode. Then head over to our social media and give us a follow on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast, Twitter at Roughnecks Pod C1, Facebook at Roughnecks Podcast. And then don't forget to subscribe to the Roughnecks YouTube channel as well. As always, be sure to grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life. Let's get into this week's episode. everybody we're back with another double episode week episode 48 today before i get into this episode i want to give a quick introduction to grace grace is our new social media manager she runs all of our social media she's actually a podcast guest girlfriend ben warden the warden's girlfriend is running my social media for me just wanted to give a quick shout out to her and say thank you for everything that she's already done i'm very excited to see what she has in store for the social media and everything that we have coming um summer or fall sale coming soon in september be on the lookout for that but joining me today i have a guest reappearance and i'm super excited he was the first ever guest on the roughnecks podcast and he's coming back on to continue with our topic of discipline joe eichley welcome to the roughnecks podcast again yeah thanks for having me back on appreciate it man yeah the first round was we had no clue. Me and Teddy had no idea what we were doing and just kind of went with it. But now it's a little more legit than it was when you were first on. But you were part, you still, I believe, have the second or third top episode of all episodes that I've had released in 48 now. Well, if you want me to go on and just trash Rudy some more, I can do that. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to hear that story, you got to go back to episode two of this podcast where Ikeley was first on. Um, but me and Ikeley, we first met, what, two or three years ago. How long has it been since you've been at Ohio Wesleyan now? Uh, 2019 was my first season there. Yeah, so you came in as our new strength and conditioning and wide receivers coach, and that's where we first met. And then through Teddy, we also got a little more closer and found out that we like to have a lot of fun, but a lot of times we're screwing off. But also when we get serious, we get serious. But to give the Roughnecks listeners just a little background on who Joe Eichley is for those of them who don't know who you are. Yeah, so um, so I grew up in Ohio, grew up in southeastern Ohio, uh, just north of Athens, um, around in that, those parts. Uh, played my college ball at Lake Erie College, um, just east of Painesville, um, where we were really good offense the times I was there. Um, 
was one of those guys that came in a linebacker. I was a linebacker for probably about a week. Then I got switched to tight end and, you know, got to play every third rep in the offense. And when we went two minute, there was no chance you were getting on the field. But <laughs> it, was a lot, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about the game. Um, that's really what I got into, strength and conditioning even more. Um, Coach Formaz is a guy who was actually at a, a OU before me. Um, he was a coach up there when I was a student. Um, so I learned a lot from him and kind of always knew that I wanted to get into coaching. Um, I did have a career-ending injury. Um, and then my, my last year, I was redshirted. So then my last year, I was just a student coach. And that's when I really got into the coaching world. And I knew that, you know, this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And kind of been pursuing that ever since. I coached at a high school after I graduated uh, from Lake Erie. I coached at a high school, Crestview High School outside of Ashland. Um, and then after that, uh, uh, me and my now wife uh, was my girlfriend at the time. We moved to Florida. Uh, we lived in Florida for about four years. Coached two different high schools down there. Uh, got a GA job in my alma mater where I played. Was a GA for a year and then become a co-defensive coordinator for a year. And doing strength stuff all throughout. You know, no matter high school level, college level I was at, um, I was always the guy in charge of the weight room or running the weight room. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much been it. Yeah, you're one of those people that is always doing something active, it seems like. But before we get into why that or kind of why that started, because I think I've heard you talked about the story a little bit on the first episode, but I want to get into it here. Like you why you started running so much, because how much do you how much are you running now? I know probably the season probably might kill it a little bit, but you still run a crap load. Yeah, I still. Um, so I'm still like probably, you know, I just started kicking it back up. I go probably like four miles a day, probably, and I'll take like every third day off. And I usually match it up to where it's a long scrimmage day, um, like we had this week or something like that. Um, but yeah, there for a while, I've, I've done a, a few marathons, but yeah. Um, but you started that down in Florida, is that correct? Or did you start that up here? Because didn't you, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. the whole oh, thing started, was for a beer? So yeah, 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 okay. So if you go all the way back, yes, when I, when I first started running, um, I moved to Florida, didn't know very many people in the area. There was a bar down the street. Um, they had a 5K. You finished the 5K, you got a free beer. Um, so I was like, all right, yeah, I'll just start running, whatever. And then, you know, after that, I just just instantly got hooked. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, was def I was definitely well over my playing weight once at that time <laughs> in my life, a few years oh. out of college. And, yeah, I'm already starting to see it. What happens when you don't go to the gym and you don't work out and do anything active? All of a sudden, it catches up to you real quick. Yeah, yeah um, real quick. You don't, you don't bounce back this quick. That's why I was like, you know what? I got to go buy a gym membership because that's going to like – I'm paying for it, so I'm going to go use it. I'm not going to just sit around and not use it now. Yeah. I say that, and I still haven't been disciplined enough, which we'll get into in that topic, but it's getting there. It's, it's weird how life can change – and how much more discipline you need to become. Cause like once you graduated, once I graduated college, at least I realized real quick that free time I used to have disappeared. Like it's real world now. Like I'm working all the time. And when I'm not working, I'm doing a lot of side jobs. That's just how I am. But it, that discipline to keep doing the things that you're supposed to be or were doing before and not just giving them up. It's kind of crazy how quick life can change though. It's time. You're, you, your time becomes, you know, it's in multiple places. So you have to figure out where you want to devote your time and then how effective you're going to make that time. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever, if you cut out and, you know, say like for me, like I, I, I got to do two hours of recruiting today. I've cut this time out. Now I could get a lot of work done in those two hours or, you know what I mean? It's all how you spend your time. It's got to be quality time. That's for sure. One big thing, because, you know, college, you kind of have your structure built in. You know when your classes are, you know when your workouts are. Now it's, you got to create your own schedule, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's hard is like, because people like even planning this podcast are like, can you do like three o'clock? And I'm like, um, because I don't even know when I'm getting off work every day because I work that manual labor job still. So it's one of those where I'm like, I don't know if I'll be off. So I don't want to say yes and then be the one that bails. So it's really hard to schedule that. But I've been trying so hard to work and like, all right, I know I'm not going to work later than four. So I have to schedule things after this. And it's you learn because like you said, you had that structure in college, especially playing a college sport. Like we had meetings at this time. Like you knew exactly where you had to be at whatever time. Now it's like you're on your own. You don't have someone telling you you need to be here at this time. You need to do this at this time. You have to make it for yourself. And that's part of growing up, which sucks. But it's just also it having that thing, that college football background, for me at least, helped me a lot manage my time. And that's what sports can do in general. Yeah, and that's honestly why I do what I do. You know, that's why I do, you know, that's why I do this living is, you know, because I was a guy coming up that, like, I needed that structure. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't a bad kid by any means, and I wasn't a great student. I wasn't a terrible student either. I was just like a B student. But if I had that structure, I would be successful. If I wouldn't have had that structure, you know, I mean, I don't know, you know. So that's why I'm just grateful to the game of football. And, you know, that's why I continue you know, pursue this as a career? Oh, 100%. Because I look at if I didn't go play college football, I don't honestly know if I'd have made it through college. (laughs) But so our topic this month is discipline. The first question I've started with the past three guests now is what is discipline to you? Um, So discipline to me can really mean, I think really mean anything. It's, It's all where that discipline is concentrated. So like certain things they call being disciplined player, like growing up, I was really into billiards and pool shooting and stuff. And those guys at a professional level, that sport, that's all they do. That's their discipline. You know what I mean? That's what mm-hmm. they do when they get up and they go to bed, you know, eat, sleep. That's their discipline. So it's like where you want to put your focus into something, you know, that's whether being disciplined or not. I think it can be applied to anything. Yeah, it's one of those things that, Discipline, that's what we talked a lot in this these episodes lately, is not just like you can be disciplined at many different things. And it can change. Your discipline, four things are going to change over time. That's where, and like the big thing that I think with discipline as well, is correct me if you think differently, but discipline doesn't come from other people. It comes from within. You got to build that discipline up yourself. Yeah. And so one of the things I want to ask you is like, how do you work, get yourself disciplined enough to, you know, have that be running every day, be working out and doing all that stuff that you do and blocking off that time saying, I need to get two hours of recruiting. How did you build up your discipline for your, in your personal view? I was 100% driven since, you know, I became a student coach after I got injured in college that I was like, Oh, this is what I want to do. And I would by any means necessary, be keep climbing up the rungs of you know my coaching career it was always like this is what I'm going to do this is how I'm going to make a living so I guess once you make those things so like for me lifting 
you know, lifting four or five times a week for me, that's what I have to do for my job. Yeah. That's pretty much how I justify it with myself because, you know, I have to take care of my athletes. I want to know what they're going through. So, you know, I work through a lot of the workouts that we do. Um, and I think that's just like, if you have a purpose and you're driven, the di discipline is like, that's nothing to me. That's kind of just my job, you know, where somebody who doesn't lift or, or doesn't work out, like, oh my God, you're so disciplined. You lift four times a week. And it's like, yeah, my, my office is also in the weight room. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that helps. usually helps. Yeah. And I look like that it's helped, kind of a, that helps a little bit. Yeah. I look, that's a reoccurring theme now because that is exactly like Carlos on. He was the first one that talked about this discipline talk topic. And Carlos said, like, you know, your discipline when you have a why, when you have your why, like what you're going after, that's what drives you. Like if you have something that's driving you, you're going to become disciplined. It's just, it's something that you want to do. And yeah. that's where he said, you know, our why, <clears throat> everybody's why is different. Like your why and Carlos's why are completely different. Your why is like you're a college football coach and that's what you're a strength and conditioning coach. It's just what you do. Carlos, and it's the same thing working out all the time, but Carlos is like doing the competitions and it's the same, but different everybody. And that's the big thing is people say, oh, you're so disciplined. I guarantee those people that say that to you are disciplined just in a whole different area of life. <clears throat> and that's, yeah. it's, it's okay to be disciplined. We're going to be, we're, we're all going to be different and that's okay. We're not all of us are going to want to work out four to five times a week. For sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. But I, I, I was just always driven to the fact that like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. If I'm the strength coach, if I'm sitting over here, drinking the diet coke and with you know with a big belly or something so that's not really going to send the right messages you know what i mean so it's, i'm driven man that's 100 right yeah because i will always remember we had i was nine times out of ten i was in the 7 a.m lifting group that we had and you were usually are you've been there for probably two hours already and you're you're just finishing up your workout when we're all coming in to get yeah. ready to start it and that was one of the things that we look at it and we're like, you know, if he's doing it, why can't we do it? And that's 100%. where other people can fuel your drive, fuel your discipline. Now, in my opinion, you can't get discipline from anybody else, but they can help fuel it. Yeah. And that's back. And this might be a little off topic, but like you guys coming in, you know, me lifting like that in the morning. Now, like I've been through full lips. So it's not like I'm sitting there you know, ordering you guys to do this regimen, do this workout, whatever. It's like, I kind of want you guys to feel like I'm in, I'm in, I'm in it with you. You know, yeah. I'm in the shit with, you. I'm putting in the work with you. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I can show you how to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's always kind of been my philosophy with that stuff. Yeah. And it, it, that makes us want to do it more as a, as a player, when you see that coach, willing to basically fight with you, like go through those battles with you. Now you can't do anything on game day, but you can sit there at practice. And it, it was the other thing. We all came in, let's be real. We all came in tired because it's seven in the morning. We don't want to necessarily oh, yeah. be doing that at seven in the morning. We came in tired and wanting to just still be in bed, but you always had the juice right away because you oh, already yeah. just went through a workout and it just, for, you always like, it always hyped us up. So it's one of those that it's, it's weird, but it's also, it, it's awesome to see. So what time did you usually get to the weight room before our lifts? Well, I'm always like standard rule is always an hour. 
before the lift. And then if I want to lift, I'm usually an hour and a half or two hours. And then Teddy's usually like strolling guys, in right at seven o'clock, usually. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> like our guys are lifting at 9 30 tomorrow, and I'll probably go in there at like 6 30, something like that. Cool. <laughs> See, that's the other thing the discipline to wake up. We just talked about this um, on today's episode with, well, I guess today when we're recording with um, Justin Witten of Hunting Wolves podcast, and he talked like, that discipline to get your ass out of bed is very difficult. It is a pain in the ass. He's like, it, it's hard. He's like, and that tent, like, he's like, I started trying to wake up 15 minutes, 10 minutes earlier than I normally do to try and basically train my body to get used to waking up early. And he goes, that 10 minutes is a pain in the ass, but you got to look at it. You got to either get up and be disciplined or you're going to continue to let everyone else pass you by. And no matter what it is. I've honestly, and, and you know, my father that I grew up with, you know, construction worker kind of guy, he's always the first one up. And I feel like for me, having kids for me, waking up early is not hard anymore at all. Because I want to be up before the chaos begins. <laughs> yeah, my sim- I have three older siblings and they all say the exact same thing. They're like waking up. It's <laughs> like it- my brother, we went over, I stayed at his house on Saturday night and he was like, I woke up at like eight o'clock and like, I mean, that's not late, but it's also not super early. And I woke up and he like walked in the door and had like bags of groceries in his hand. I'm like, what time did you get up? He was like six 30. Yeah. And I was like, what? He goes, and they, like, he didn't even have his kids that night. He goes, yeah. Like I just, it, I just wake up now. It's just how it is. And it's crazy what kids yeah. will do. It'll change your life. It'll change your sleep schedule. That's for sure. But no, I mean, even before that, you know, even back to workouts and stuff, you know, I was always a driven guy where, you know, I was always a weight room guy, period. But as a player, I always knew that, you know, I was not the most physically talented by any means. So for me, if the minimum is I got to do this in the weight room, I got to go another notch above it. Because I already, I know I don't have the talent factor. I was, you know, a very self-aware athlete. It's like, if I'm as strong as possible, as explosive as I can be with that work in the weight room. So it just, it's always being driven, you know, as long as you have a goal and something you're working towards being disciplined should be the easy part. Yeah. That's the thing. Like we talked about the why having that goal. If you want to be, you sit here and you say, I want to, you know, I want to lose weight, make it a specific number and plan it out. That's one thing like we do in our leadership meetings that we have for our team goals back at Ohio Wesleyan. And it, like those goals need to be quantifiable. You have to be able to measure them and be able to actually say if you achieved it or not. Like I, you, I can sit here and say, I need, I want to lose weight. I could lose one pound and I su- technically succeeded that goal, but yeah. it's not exactly what I mean. And, that, and that's what people understand. Like I don't, everybody knows that's not what I mean, but when you set a goal for why you're going to do something, make sure it's quantifiable, make sure it's something that you can actually measure And then also take it a step further if you really want to be serious about it and like kind of plan it out, plan out like, all right, I want to lose weight. I want, I need to work out this many times. I need to cut this, this, and this out of my diet. And I need to drink this much water, all that kind of stuff. And you will watch that goal and that why become a reality. Yeah. It's just making like what you know is work and nobody, you know, at the end of the day, everybody wants comfort. Everybody seeks comfort. Like, 
even all those workouts, everything you do in the morning. Yes, I love working out, but sometimes, like, you know, I don't want to be here at 530 in the morning right now screaming at the top of my lungs, you know. Mm-hmm. But if I'm willing to go through that to achieve my goal of, you know, conference championship, in my mind, that's our biggest goal is, is, is to own that conference title outright. And I'll scream my head off for however long I have to at 530 a.m. To me, that's not a big deal. I'll run our entire team through lifts. All of that stuff would be all be worth it if you achieve that goal, which again is that's your why, man. Yeah, it's you always. We're coming back to it. You always have to have your why. So I want to yeah. talk a little bit more about coaching you and coaching and kind of. So if there was anybody like my age or somewhere around there that is considering getting into coaching, what piece of advice would you give them? Um, for one, don't be afraid to work for free. Um, cause usually breaking in into this, you're going to have to some way, you know, shape or form. Um, and don't overlook the high school level either. Um, there's a lot of guys that come up through the high school level. Um, I was a high school football coach for, you know, five years there beginning of my career. Um, and it's a great way to get experience and a great way to make um, recruiting connections if you are wanting to go on, you know, to the college level or whatever your aspirations are. <clears throat> um, that just ne- network and just getting to know coaches, getting to know people. Yeah, you said something like don't overlook high school. And I 100% agree with that because I look back at my high school coaches and, you know, people would kind of knock our coaches every all the time everybody all the parents always like to say it's the coach's fault if you're not winning but I look at what my coach taught me outside of football and there's some like those high school coaches those are some of the biggest mentors for young kids when they're going like because oh, yeah. we're, we're growing up we have no clue what the hell we're doing with our life when you're a 16 17 18 year old kid you have no clue there's I mean let's be real we all thought we had it figured out but it absolutely, it was not right. And I look at it and like those coaches were some of the biggest mentors to me that helped me grow, turn from this little arrogant 18 year old kid and transform me into somewhat of a man. I'm still getting there, but somewhat of a man. Yeah, I mean, for me and my experience, when I moved to Florida and coached high school, I had a head coach come in and says, you know, you coach a boys weightlifting team, girls weightlifting team, and then you'll handle all the lifting for the football team. Pretty much, you know, unleashing on the whole school. It's like, well, and they had a brand new weight room. Um, and he kind of just said, here you go. And I kind of jumped right in. It was the best thing I ever did in my career just because I learned so much. It got to the point where, like, I've seen so many, you know, examples of bad form on the clean. You know what I mean? Eventually, you're just going to get better at teaching it. Um, which really helped me in my career, obviously, but just getting those reps and just dump, uh, just jumping, you know, two feet into a high school job and just absorbing everything and getting the most experience. Um, earlier in my coaching career, too, I was like, you know, I did I was a defensive coordinator for a JV team um, early when I started. And that was my first play calling experience. Mm-hmm. So I know it's a high school JV game, but, you know, you're practicing play calling how to manage a game and those things. Um, so getting those experiences can really go go a long way. Oh, yeah. It, people don't understand what that play calling is like. I only called a powder puff game one time 
And I think I had like four delay games in one quarter because like, I just, it's, it's a lot harder than people think. Like you got to think on the fly and it's like, you might think, yeah. Oh, I'm going to run this play next. And all of a sudden you're like, well, they just gained 20 yards. Now we have to run something completely different than what I was thinking. But you, hey, I look my, at my JV team, my JV teams that I called plays for were, they were electric. It was exciting. JV. You didn't know what you were going to get. Not everybody <laughs> knew everything. <laughs> That's like in high school, there was a lot of times when you had, you'd see coach kind of start to panic a little bit on the sideline. It was just base black was our base call. And it was just, just run the base coverage <laughs> and we'll figure it out next play. <laughs> but us would be just 20, 20 blasts. That was our JV coach, 20 blasts. <laughs> Yeah, we had one play my freshman year, 46 pass. That's what we called it. And it was just, I played tight end and I ran a drag all the way across the field. And it worked every freaking time for some reason. But every time, yeah. But then you get up to that varsity level, things start to change (laughs) quickly. So I want to talk too about if someone wants to be a strength and conditioning coach what you would recommend to them because that would probably be a little bit different because I feel like there's a lot more that goes into it that you need to learn in order to do that. Yeah. And that, um, that one for sure, 100% be ready to work for free. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Especially if you're going to like the major D one schools, a lot of those places, if you can somehow get into an internship through there, that's kind of the, the, the pipeline that shoots you up, you know, that's where you meet a head strength coach. Hopefully, you know, you work your way into a GA position and eventually full-time position. So I had an internship at uh, YSU for summer. Um, I was a strength intern at YSU and I learned a lot. It was, it was great. But just for me and my time, you know, it was either stay that route and take another GA job or I got offered a full-time job at Lake Erie. Um, so I ended up taking the full-time job, um, but yeah, you just getting experience. And, and like I said, with the high school level too, that's the same thing in the weight room. Cause that's honestly, if a, if a high school football staff is going to be short staff, the first place is going to be in the weight room. Um, and that's really scary if you think about it, because, you know, somebody could really seriously injure themselves in there. So like I said, the high school level, um, more and more I see too, they're hiring more high school strength coaches too. I know that more high schools are doing that in Ohio. I know that. Um, so yeah, just okay. get in and get experience. That's the first thing is just meet people, work with people. Don't ever be afraid of, you know, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. You know, I learned nice. very quickly that, you know, you can't just fake it till you make it. I've had people to say that, and I, I'm not a not a believer in that. Um, you know, if I don't know how to do something, I'm going to tell you I don't know how to do something. And we're going to get it get it figured out. So, yeah. And you talked about like we've talked a little bit about the bad form, and like you know, it is scary the fact that you look at that is where high schools are short staffed is in the weight room, because I mean, even I've seen we've seen you see it all the time football players will come in and have terrible form and it's not necessarily their fault. They just weren't taught the right way. So they have to like relearn their form and be taught the correct form for things. And it's, that is a very scary thing. Yeah. And it's something that has to be, I mean, I don't know. I've been, 
I've been cleaning. I've been cleaning and doing snatch, you know, Olympic lifts probably since I was in the fifth or sixth grade. Um, I had a really good strength coach that I grew up with. And, but I mean, all that time, you know, I'm over 30 now and I'm still working on things in my form. There's still things that are never perfect. So to just throw high school kids in a situation where you're not teaching them any form and expect them to move weight and things like that. Um, that's always, even, even with you guys, you know, even at the college level, cause not everybody comes from those programs and has those strength coaches. So usually it's, it's always, always a form conscious deal when you're doing anything Olympic lifting. Yeah. Cause I mean, you do, I mean, I've watched you even tell people to take the weight off the bar and they have to do just the bar until they actually get their form down. And, you know, some of them might get upset by it, but when you look at the bigger picture, if you don't learn the correct form for things, you could honestly get, you're going to get hurt and you're going to feel it when you are 30 years old and it's, it'll hit you a lot more. You don't want to screw yourself up. It, it, it hurts your pride a little bit, but at the same time, sometimes you got to let go of your pride and just understand that I need to learn this because it will better you in the future. You don't do us any good hurt. Yeah. Can't do anything with you if you're hurt. We can't play you. You know, we, we need we need every guy that we got. You know how we run our roster and you know what I mean? We're, we're very good. We're very good on special teams again this year, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. You got a lot of know, spots to fill considering I played every special team. <laughs> <just kidding>. team. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, the only special team I never got to do was the one that you actually ran. <laughs> uh, no, for sure. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you don't want to be on. You don't want to be on PAT. Don't, don't mix it. No, I'm good. I'll stick with my punt and kickoff. Those were my two favorites. And kickoff return wasn't bad, but I, that was my first ever – that was my wake-up call to college football. I was in the center spot, kickoff return, freshman year, under the lights, against Otterbein, got my drop, came back. I actually did put my foot in the ground, but then I kind of hesitated because I was a little freshman and I was scared shitless and just got put on my ass. And I was like, well, here's college football. Well, there it is. That's the good – That's it's the best way to start right there. Yeah. It, I mean, it was, but it was uh, definitely, that was, I remember going into the meeting and it was minus, minus my, everybody had minuses on that. first play. <laughs> so I want to move into, I have my final questions that I like to ask before we get into motivation Monday. And the first one I want to ask you is I ask all my guests, these three questions. The first one is who is your biggest inspiration? Oh, my biggest inspiration is probably 100% my wife. She is 100% probably the toughest, strongest person I've ever met in my life. And she's 100% keeps, keeps it going, keeps us going for sure. She's definitely got that Delaney in her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then the other one that I want to ask, or what are the goals of Joe Eichley going forward? Because we always, I like to stress the importance of goals on this podcast. So what are your goals going forward? And it almost is me holding you accountable for your goals. Oh, I have been on this quest for a while now, but I want to snatch my body weight. Full power, snatch my body weight. I was working up my max until like I hit 170 back in the spring. And it, it tweaks my back a little bit. So summer, I really pulled back. But I'm losing weight now, so I'm thinking hopefully that snatch number is around 195, 200 pounds. That's that's the goal. See, you have it down to a, to a number, and it's – yeah, it might fluctuate, might change a little bit, but you, that's the thing that I want to point out again is 
that goal has a quantifiable number with it. Yeah. If I, if I hit 195 in a good match, I'll be, I'll, I'll call it a goal for sure. Mm -hmm. So the other one I like to ask is, is one of my favorite and it usually gets a very unique answer that sometimes gets a very unique answer. But if you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? Not go back and change anything, but just give like 16 year old you a little piece of advice that would help you through life. Oh man. 16 year old me. <laughs> yeah. Eh, younger oh. you. Yeah. We'll say like 16 to 18. First thing I tell them to slow down. I used to drive like an idiot when I was 16, <laughs> 17 years old. I grew up on all them back roads too, man. I'm lucky, lucky I'm still here. So first slow down. Um, but two would be just a, I don't know, not that I haven't valued people, but just appreciate people, be kinder to people. Cause there is, you know, as you, you know, me do have a temper a little bit. So I definitely think just be kinder to people, um, would be some, be a good advice. Yeah. Cause it's really hard to build those bridges that you burned. And we've talked a lot on this episode already about the fact that, you know, you have you want to build those connections. You want to network. You want to get to know people. You may not necessarily, because I look at people that I never thought I'd get along with people that I'd never thought I'd even be with. And then crazy things happen. And then you end up, you don't want to burn those bridges too early. You don't want to burn those bridges really at all, because you never know when that, that bridge, you might need it. You might need to cross that bridge. Exactly. But now we're going to slide in to my favorite segment of this podcast, which is Motivation Monday. This is the point in the episode where I like to allow my guests to give a little inspirational bump, motivational bump as our Roughnecks listeners listen on this episode will be Thursday, so it's actually a Motivation Thursday. As they listen on Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time when this episode comes out, whether they're on their way to work, whether they're going to the gym, whatever it is. So what do you got for Motivation Thursday? So something that really just always I cling on to, you know, I'm a big Goggins guy. You know, I've read one of his books. Um, but really just embrace the suck. Whatever you're doing, it's going to suck, no matter what you're doing. I'm going to go out and run four miles tomorrow. At some point, I'm going to go, this sucks. But find a way to enjoy that somehow. Embrace it, enjoy it, and overcome it. Because eventually, too, I've looked at this, like those things that used to suck, they get easier. Like that, I guarantee you, that first time you ran four miles wasn't easy. It probably yeah. sucked. No, I'm not saying it's easy yeah. now, but it's a hell of a lot easier than it was that first time you ran it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So embracing the suck too. I, that is Shane Quinn actually brought that to this episode as well when he was on. But that embracing the suck, as you can see, we have reoccurring themes on this podcast. And my thing I, that I figured out, I think, early in life was when you hear it from a lot of different people, it's something you might want to take note of, like something you might want to listen to because it's probably valuable. Yes. But Just everything. You're, 
you're going to have to work. It's some some way, shape, or form. You're going to have to work. A portion of it's going to suck, but get it done, baby. Oh, that no one ever said that life was easy. I've figured that out no. real quick after college. <laughs> but with that. That's a wrap on the 48th episode of this podcast. I am sure that you will probably be on for a third reappearance, but I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you coming on. I will be at games. I'll be cheering on Ohio Wesleyan, of course, because, I mean, I graduated from there and played there for four years. So, I mean, I figured I'd hope I'd at least come to a few games. You guys actually play right in my backyard this year on a night game there in Denison because that's 15 minutes down the road from me. Oh, nice. That's nice. why I also have a special hatred for Denison. So, <laughs> um, but that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you for tuning in. As I've mentioned before, we will have special episodes coming up. I got another episode coming out on Monday, working on scheduling that. It should be with a guy who works with Ohio State Strength and Conditioning uh, Wrestling Team. He should be on. I'm not going to say who it is for sure because I don't want to say it and then things not work out. I have some sweet guests lined up for the month of September as well. Some Granger Smith type guys. They work for Granger Smith. So I will have them on. And I'm also going to be doing a military law enforcement appreciation and have two episodes with um, law enforcement officers. Probably I don't have those scheduled yet, but working on those as well. September 21st is definitely an episode you'll probably want to tune into as we will have Texan Teddy back on the podcast for I don't know how many times he's been on considering he was my co-host at one point, but it is the one year anniversary of the Roughnecks podcast. Speaking of which, we're coming up on your year anniversary of the first time you were on this podcast would have been the 28th, I believe, but Teddy will be back on. We'll have another episode. We have no clue what's going to happen there. That could go one of two ways with Teddy. But thank you for tuning in. As always, you know the deal. Life is hard and is going to knock you down just like a bull does to a bull rider. Don't let that bull of life walk all over you. Get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. Until Monday, Roughnecks out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and then also subscribe to the Roughnecks YouTube channel. If you want to be a guest or have a guest that you would like to hear from, then shoot me an email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com or message me on social media on Instagram at roughneckspodcast or Twitter at roughneckspodc1 or Facebook at roughneckspodcast. Life is hard and will knock you down like a bull. Don't lay there and let it run you over. Get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. Till next week, Roughnecks out. Oh, thank you.